Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm here for it, honestly. This is Small, now a smaller an episode one. about trees. This is this episode. Trees. Christmas trees. You can cut out as much of this as you like. <laughs> this is good. No, we don't. Dude, we're here for the meandering. I know, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'll try and say that less. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, I feel like we, we get you. people to meander even though they weren't intending to it. We're like, oh, say more about trees. We're and like, like, oh, okay. go ahead down this Wait, meandering. How did I get on trees? Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Mace. Welcome to episode 120. Be less certain. Less certain. Less certain. You said that so aggressively. Yeah, less certain. Please, I'm we sick beg of, of you. Certainty. If you're certain of anything after this episode, you did it wrong. You did it wrong, <laughs> yeah. We want to tap into all you Enneagram ones out there who are longing to do it right, and I'll, I'll set you in the the correct direction and saying the correct rejection uh, direction is to be less certain. So more curious. Welcome everybody. <laughs> You've heard it. You hear Maddie's voice. We are here with Maddie in the house today. You heard it. I was okay. worried. I, I did butt in and I was like, Oh no, no. Everybody's going to love that. They're like, Ooh, who's that? Maddie. What's that nice voice. I, Maddie does have a nice voice. I don't know what that means, that's but sweet. I think you might have like, peak radio voice. It's mm. very nice. Mm. I sense it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just calm and ex- clear, calm and clear. Calm and clear. Those are good things. Yeah. Um, okay, you guys, welcome to this episode. We're titling it, I think, Winter Solstice. Yeah, I want to show you guys this video of my kids because I asked Jack what time, what, what season it is. And mm-hmm. it's a legendary moment in our family because now we say it all the time, but he's like kind of probably five and still talking with like some, not like speech impediments, but like, like a- Just kid voice? He just, Baby he, voice. He just goes, the winter solstice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we always say that, we're like, oh, it's the winter solstice. The winter solstice. Oh my God, you have to find so it. Cute. You have to find it and put it in this. <laughs> <laughs> we want that. Yeah. We want that content. We have to, I feel like we just have to acknowledge for those that maybe have been tuning into no small thing in just the last few weeks or months mm-hmm. that this all started just as, as no small as uh, art moves both ways has recently started with the assistance of Maddie. It's true. <laughs> I didn't start. Uh, you initiated it. You said you sent me a text and said, Hey, it sounds like you guys are talking about starting a podcast. Would you like my help with that? And I said, yes. And you said, okay, well, would you like to meet me and Mace at Diablo coffee to talk about that? You know? So I, I, I really truly do think it wouldn't be here without Maddie. Um, Oh, I know that stuff. I was talking about our moves both ways. Our moves both ways existed way before. Oh, I, right. No, I'm talking about no small thing. Yeah, yeah it's true. But Maddie has helped help me get a booth at the Fremont Market. Hopefully it was soon. A, it was a similar vibe. I just like sat down and was like, "Do you want a booth?" And we did it. And it was like, "Wow, it's happening." Okay. I I talk to people now. Amazing. And people are like, "How did you get started? Like, how did you get on SoundCloud and get an RSS feed?" And I'm like, "I understand it now, but I don't really know how it happened." I think Maddie did it all. Maddie got us. 
a YouTube, an, uh, an email, an email, a SoundCloud. He got us on iTunes. He just said, here it all is, you guys. Now go. And look at <laughs> look at the beast you've created. Do you regret it? Beast. Not even a little bit. Oh. oh so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Oh, okay, you guys. So if you don't know Maddie, Maddie's been on the podcast before. And Maddie lives with me. And we live. This is a live in-person recording in the middle of a pandemic. But yeah. it's safe because if, I, if I have it, you have it. Yeah. So we're here. <laughs> We're here in the home and this episode is really sweet. I mean, I think we originally think we were well, going to we'll call see. it. We'll see if it's sweet. Advent. <laughs> but Matthew has since living here. It's been three years now. We're on our fourth year of living together. Wow. Which is craziness. <laughs> but since living here has found a way to really hallmark and make a very special space for Advent and what we are now celebrating as winter solstice in our home. And it's profound and it deserves an episode, mm-hmm. we felt like. Mm-hmm. And we wanted Maddie on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> well, in terms of curiosity, I think people gloss over Advent. And I know this is winter solstice, but like it, we're, we're, we're interspersing. Yule it's going to be both. It's, we're going to, cause we're going to get into Matthew's journey, which will include that. In certain cultures and in certain, um, social, uh, what, what, what word do I want to use here? Circles. Circles. Advent is underrated. I'm sure there's lots of places where it's not underrated, right, but in right. generally in, in my social circles, it's underrated. Yeah. Not I think as like a liturgical season, it is less prominent in most like, um, Protestant denominations, less prominent than Lent. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. other 40 mm-hmm. day. True. Yeah. Up. Because they're both Lent and Advent. They're both, they have a similar energy of like sadness. Yeah. They both started as like feast or not. Well, famine, like, uh, a fast period before a big feast day, Easter and Christmas. Bam. Okay. We're already, I feel like we're, we're just going to dive right in. I think we should just dive right in. Yeah. Uh, yeah I guess I did want to like, I don't know how many people listening to this have like Christian context, but Christian, uh, in, in some Christian denominations, they've got like a big liturgical wheel and calendar of mm-hmm. like different seasons of the year. And one of the seasons is called, Advent and it's like um, either depending on who you are, it's either four weeks or 40 days that lead up before Christmas. And then Christmas is 12 days. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas tide. And then epiphany. Mm-hmm. And Which then, is like January 8th, I think. Or and six, then six, does it go six. epiphany to normal time mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Lent and then Easter which is then is Easter a, a chunk of time as yeah, well? Easter tide, Easter tide, as tide. Well. forty, and then ordinary days. Let oh, me. I'm you. really gonna try and go ordinary Your professors days. Professors are listening, <laughs> and then <laughs> Pentecost mm-hmm. comes. <laughs> this is good. and it's red. Everyone's it's red. Pentecost, yeah, and then it's normal days again, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then and then it's back to Advent. Back to Advent, which Advent, and then. And then, and there's colors that go with these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Purple, purple is Advent and Lent. Yes, it's different. It's uh, everybody's kind of got a different story, and it was. And you have to. This is something I've been learning, um, and this is kind of started in between my last appearance on the podcast, as I'm now a student of religion. Yes, <laughs> um, 
everybody's making it up. The Roman Catholic Church made up some some things, and then they changed it, and then they changed it again, and then some Protestants were like, we're going to change it again, and then some of the other Protestants were like, we're going to change that again, and then some other Protestants were like, we actually would like to go back to one of those other things. <clears throat> um, so, And then even before all of that, like Christians were just doing whatever the heck they wanted to. Um, yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to acknowledge that, but it's so nice because it, it makes it invites us into the creation of these things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I, I fe- go ahead. Nope. You go ahead. No. No. I don't. No, I, don't no. I was just gonna say. Oh, that, Maddie, you go ahead. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. The traditionally like um, blue or purple for Advent, and then Lent. I think is. Is it blue as well? I think it's purple, I is thought. It purple? But I, I've always thought of ordinary times green. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna say for for whatever this we're we're using several words to talk about this topic. Winter solstice, advent, Yule. Mm. I think it's it's a if anybody's listening and just thinking like, what is what the heck is this? I mean, we're gonna hear from Maddie, first of all, who has a passion for this stuff. And also, I would like to say, if anybody is sitting there wondering, what is an antidote to this ridiculously corporatized Christmas event? It's like, yeah, there's this Christmas thing that happens on December 25th that has been somehow completely like... Materialized, commercialized, phonified. Like turned into a product. Yeah. 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 You can have a different type of experience by leaning into this Advent thing that is sort of also part of Christmas. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it makes it deeper, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, which I feel like that's what you really invited our home into. Which I wonder if, if we want to just, like I would love to give you the floor to kind of like share your journey or what this means to you. Mm. Well, I mean, I could start super far back because you guys can cut any of this out, but like... Yeah, well, I, we love the journey. It's here. <laughs> I grew up like fundamentalist, conservative Christian, evangelical, which um, in like at like the turn of the, the millennia was very specifically like rejecting liturgy, rejecting hmm. formality, hmm. rejecting the legacy of the Catholic Church, the legacy of any sort of formality. And so they they weren't growing up, but we weren't using any sort of liturgical calendar. Mm. Um, there wasn't any kind of like seasons. It was all. I mean, it is kind of this other approach to Christianity that's just like you're all in all the time, all the time for Jesus, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And so you don't you don't need this liturgical season to guide you. You have you know this is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is with you and you. living in you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which. You know, go you, do it. <laughs> um, and then uh, my family switched churches just for whatever reason. And then we got a new pastor who had just graduated from Seattle Pacific University. Oh, snap. And she, wow. And she was like. My alum. I'm I'm a female pastor. I just I just graduated from, from seminary. And I learned about this thing called the liturgical calendar. We're going to start yes. lighting some advent cal- calendar, cal- what, candles. We're going to light some, some advent calendars. We're going to burn, burn <laughs> advent <laughs> calendars <laughs> in the churchyard. That would be also kind of really fun. So she was kind of the one who introduced like 
here are the here are the five candles. Yeah. Um, we'll have a different theme for each of the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Um, Which growing up Presbyterian, I didn't really grow up Presbyterian, but being in the Presbyterian church mostly, and I feel like, I mean, you grew up more even that. I remember that on Sunday services, they would yeah. light the candle. It always was like a family would come up mm-hmm, and they would read mm-hmm. some scripture and they would light the candle. And it's yes. like, Advent, there it is. And, and a then little bit show off your Christian family. Yeah, no, it's like, here I am with my cute ass family and like, we're going to light up. the candle. And if your kid's old enough or able to read, it's like very mm. exciting when they can read the scripture. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody, just so you know, sometimes in this podcast, uh, we live in a house. This isn't a studio, and life happens around <gasps> We're us. playing music in the background right We're now. playing music in the background. <laughs> I so stopped it. Proves my point. <laughs> and we had uh, an interruption just now. And so in your world, listening to this podcast, nothing has happened. But for us, we just took like a 45-minute break. Yep. <laughs> we back are on the podcast. I'm going to reorient myself personally and see maybe if this reorients us as a group. <laughs> uh, okay. I, as everybody knows, we record no small thing in this house. I am a guest in the sense that I don't live here. I'm not a housemate. Um, but but one, you're more than a guest. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I've noticed over the years in a really sweet, beautiful way is that there there is a passion for Advent slash winter solstice slash Yule um, during this season that Maddie initiates and it's unique to this house. It's not necessarily part of a church. It's just here at the house. And there's an evening of prayers and blessings and liturgy. And everybody's invited. And there's mm-hmm. off, often baking. And there's a lot of intention put behind this. And that's one of the things that sort of sparked our desire to even have this conversation. It's like, let's really talk about this because it's significant. It is very much no small thing. It is no small thing. That I'm reorienting. That's my re- own personal reorientation. I feel, of my I mind. feel reorient, reoriented okay. by you doing that. <sighs> Centering. <laughs> I feel oriented as okay. well. <laughs> <laughs> so now we were getting to the journey. Like why is Advent significant to Maddie? Was that? Yeah, what I think asking? Matthew was going to yeah. share. Yeah, you were sharing the early moments of Advent and yeah. to where you are now. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think just <laughs> Advent got introduced to my family's church. And oh, would, right. That that woman came from SPU. Yeah. yeah. Jody yes. Gatlin, pastor, mm-hmm. Reverend Jody Gatlin. Mm-hmm. Shout out. I don't yeah, know what oh. she's doing right now because um, that church doesn't. Going from church to church, introducing Advent. Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal. Knocks <laughs> um, on your door. I've got candles. Do you have a moment what? to talk about Advent? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was nice. And like my family liked that too. They were like, okay, this is a fun thing. Hmm. And so we started sometimes having an advent. Oh, like candles at your house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we did that maybe two years. And I think I really liked doing that. I I've always loved Christmas. I've always loved winter. I've always loved like fall, like this kind of energy. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. just as a queer person growing up conservative Christian, like there, there are like, a few choice things that I really remember and romanticize about my youth and like Christmas and those warm, like baking, like yeah, those times were some good times that I still like think about and look back at. Um, they haven't been tarnished. No. Okay. No. I like that. Um, and so um, I think uh, just like with kids growing up and like time going on, my family stopped doing that. And I remember a few, the, like my last few 
winter's advents at my parents' house, I would try and get it to happen. And I, I would be the one trying to like get out the Christmas decorations, like get find the candles, find the wreath, and like I couldn't do it by myself. It, like, it didn't it didn't always work out that way. Um This is such a sweet image though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think there were a couple of years where like we didn't end up decorating at all just because like everyone was doing different stuff and everyone yeah. was busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's significant and important to point out how many kids, how many siblings you have. Yes. I, <laughs> I have eight Good siblings. Context. Eight siblings. And I'm, I'm one of, I'm number You're four. So I'm middle. one of the older ones. I'm in the middle. So there's plenty of young kids around when I'm like when I was that age. Um, but I get, I could, I guess I could empathize with your parents of them getting being like, uh, we're not going to get candles this year. We're, we're stressed. Yeah. <laughs> so much, so much to be doing. I think yeah. this was also the season of like having multiple older teenage kids. So everyone's, everyone's got their practices to go to. Everyone's got their rehearsals. Everyone's there. got their angst. Oh, uh, well. I don't know if we made room for that, but sure. No room for angst in this Some house. repressed angst. Yeah, some repressed angst, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of uh, the vibe, leaving my parents' house was like having those sweet memories, not having been able to do it the last few years. Um, and then moving into this house where I live now with- uh, Here we are. Mace and Reuben and Madeline and Scott living just up the road. Um, <laughs> and like becoming better friends with Scott as well. Um, I don't, did we do it the first winter here? I think we did, but I think it was like small. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't think like, there was one year where I remember it was like, we've got packets with brackets. Oh, you know, we have, we have the packets with brackets. Packets with brackets. I know, but like the first year did, I don't know if we did the first year. Yeah, I think I remember once I forced everyone to get a huge tree. Do you remember that? Oh, that was the first I Christmas. 100% remember that. We have a small home and I was like, we don't need a tree. And Ruben's like, we don't need a tree. Matthew's like, I think we should get a tree. And we're like, okay. And then like very close to Christmas, yeah. Matthew brought home a humongous yeah, right. tree. Right there, right? I'm yeah. pretty sure... That might have been the year that I carried the tree down from Safeway. No, I think you did. It was like <laughs> you took it on as this huge fee and I came home and I was like, okay, okay here's the tree. Like <laughs> there was a, I was enjoying r- romanticizing that moment of me like trudging down Queen Anne Hill carrying a tree on my shoulder. Yeah. It's a very classic Matthew move of then I've come home and you're like, okay, I like if you're like, and you're like, will you help me with this? I'm like, sure. Like, I'll help you with this. And then it's like very particular things, very specific ways things are going. And I'm like, okay, I'm holding this here. Okay. And I'm just like following this very specific instructions of how it's going to be put up. (laughs) All hands on deck, everyone. We've got this task to do. It's like, you do this part, you do that part. And I'm just like, all right. I very quickly, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I think later we like, um, enlisted some friends from the youth group. I don't feel like Rebecca helped us. Yeah, it was a bunch of people. There's a picture from it. A bunch of people from, uh, a bunch of leaders from the youth group came over and like we played a game. There were, I made cookies. Hmm. Um, It was a sweet moment. There was Hmm. like, it was kind of a lot, but it was very sweet. Joseph Roberts, another shout out, really helped us out with that tree. (laughs) I think he was the one that, that like made a fresh cut on it. I think I have seen this tree, right? Yes, I, I yes, yes you've seen this, this tree for sure. This is the tree sure. that we recorded our like silly video. You're like standing in front of it, right? The Christmas, the silly Christmas. 
like promo no small thing. I think that was actually a different tree because we okay. I have we have like a little tree, like a little fake tree. This was a big giant tree that we've was had right. two oh, trees. Oh well then yeah. I don't know. There was one that was really big and one that was one. normal sized. Yeah. <laughs> There's been uh, there have been two real trees. Last year it was just the fake tree, and then this, this year TBD, but I'm thinking a live tree this year. Yes. Yeah. I'm here for it, honestly. This is now becoming an episode one. about trees. This is this episode. Trees. Christmas trees. You can cut out as much of this as you like. <laughs> this is good. No, we don't, dude. We're here for the meandering. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Okay, <laughs> I'll try and say that less. Um. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Uh, I feel like we, we get you. people to meander even though they weren't intending to it. We're like, oh, say more about trees. We're and like, like, oh, okay. go <laughs> ahead down this Wait, meandering. How did I get on trees? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, anyway, the first year. Get back to Advent. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back on track. Let's land the plane. Yeah, let's land the plane. <laughs> um, our first first Advent, a little less organized, a little more ad hoc. And then I think the biggest change from the first to the second year was I started attending an Episcopal church. Yes. I oh, um, started attending St. Mark's Episcopal Cathedral here beautiful, in Seattle. Beautiful. It's a beautiful church. It's big. It's rich. Very wealthy. I don't actually go there anymore, even though I'm still a member. I got baptized there. It was very sweet. Love all the people that I met there. Um, but Episcopals are like uh, one step down or maybe two steps down from Catholics in terms of liturgy, mm-hmm. in terms of like what people call high church. I did mm-hmm. finger quotes there you, that you couldn't see. Um, you got the incense. Yeah, they have robes. Yeah, yeah, they believe in symbols and seasons and smells and ritual and oh, Mm -hmm. it's so. Oh, I think I think I think Episcopal is Enneagram four. I think four wing five. I feel like Episcopals are also very intellectual. Mm, Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely like academic. Academic energy for sure. Yeah. Um, especially like in Seattle, rich white. Episcopals is a big vibe. Episcopals are the richest denomination, I think. Yes. Like in terms of, yeah, I don't, wealth, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. just in, in America. I believe it. And it's like, it's Episcopal is the American version of Anglican, like the Church of England. Mm-hmm. Um, they just like split up when the Revolutionary War happened. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. You can't really be the Church of England and be praying for the King of England mm-hmm. if you're an American church in a formal colony. Um, True. Yeah. And actually, all Protestant churches in America really can trace their histories back to the Episcopal Church here. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. They all they all came from little fissions that mm-hmm. kept breaking off. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so they they really introduced a lot more of that liturgy, a lot more of that like structure. I would mm-hmm. say, and so I brought that back home. That's when we got the packets with the brackets. <laughs> the packets, yes, that's when the packets with the brackets arrived. So good. Um, I think I took I took a, I took a lot of the liturgy from um, the Book of Common Prayer. Yeah, some some stuff from the Compline liturgy, some stuff from the uh, Evening Prayer liturgy, and then some stuff of my own. Um, and then I think also they have like packets of stuff to do at Advent. They actually just mailed me something of like this is what you can do with your family during Advent. Oh. Yeah. So essentially, like, just to paint the picture, what happens is, like, for me, I'm just hanging out in my house, like, la di da di da and all of a sudden, Matthew's using the printer, and he's spending all day working on these things, and I'm like, what have you done, Matthew? And he's like, look at this, and it's these beautifully made, pa- like, 
packets that have liturgies, an order that Matthew's come up with that Matthew's custom made. So it's like you've used the Book of Common Prayer as like your a heart guide, is like beating out of your chest. But you're like, you've you've infused new language and you've adapted it, and then alongside it is also a book of carols that we are going to eventually use to be singing. And it's just like all of a sudden and this, it happened even this year of like, I came home from something and I walk in and it's like you, there's something that comes about you where it's like, it's time and you're going to spend all day. And it's like all of a sudden the house has become a different, like it has become Advent. Like talk about ambiance, like, all of a sudden, a new smell in the house. Smells there's like a Christmas tree. There's here. there's holly being everywhere. You're asking me to come help you carry holly. Like it's it's here we go. It's we're now entering the season, and you are full throttle, getting it all in motion. Yeah, <laughs> the, the holly is a fun little anecdote. I I t- first I borrow without asking from my my grandma slash aunts who have <laughs> a little shed down the street that's full of like garden supplies. So I go and I. St- steal cutting supplies from them and then I go okay, I don't think it's stealing it's not stealing it's my, <laughs> it's my aunt um I go and borrow the the like garden equipment and then I go to somebody else's holly tree without asking and take their holly boughs bam it's not a well-kept well, tree of Christmas in an that. alley um in between two apartment buildings not even somebody's house so I don't feel that bad a new Christmas tradition Steal Find holly. Some holly to steal. Honestly, but it's it's it is what you do every year. It's yeah. And I have never been brought along into it until recently when you asked me because you were like, Will you please come do this? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then I did say afterwards I was happy to do it, but it was like a humongous mm-hmm. bucket. I was like, okay, here we go. And like I was worried the neighbor's gonna be mad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Interestingly, the pandemic was part of this too because usually I would do this in the middle of the day when everyone's at work, but no one's at work. Yeah. So I think somebody. So you're somebody like people are me. watching. Yeah. <laughs> I I also like I grew up doing yard work for my grandparents, and so like I can I can cut I can like landscape a tree and make it look not too bad. Yeah. So I don't think anyone's gonna like walk next to this this bush and be like. Who ruined this holly bush tree? Some I don't know. Grinch. Some Grinch. <laughs> Christmas Grinch. No, but you're like the opposite of the Christmas Grinch. Yeah. You're like Christmas Robin Hood. <laughs> Stealing holly from those who yeah. have it. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't thought about that before, but there is like a, like a Christmas spirit or something that oh, takes over. Oh, it takes over, takes like, over you. <laughs> yeah, the energy shifts. It's like, it's like all of a sudden the the change of weather. Like I think of like Mary Poppins and the and the little weather vane shifting. It's like all of a sudden whoop, Matthew the, the, something a weather vane in Matthew's heart just whoop, switches and it's Christmas time. I love that comparison. Day. I love yeah. Mary Poppins. It's, it's a very one. high praise. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, and it's like it's like all of a sudden Matthew's like I'm thinking about doing this theme and I'm thinking about this for Advent and I'm actually thinking about this doing it. It's like there also begins this like critical phase of Matthew like thinking through what is what you're going to do. Like, how are you going to approach this season? You know, it's like the spirit is upon you. And now you're not only are you engaging in the sense of like making cookies and doing Christmassy things or holiday ish things. I put quotes there, but you're also, there's a piece of you. I feel like that starts to wonder what you're going to do with this time. Like, how are you going to scaffold it for us all? Essentially, like you invite us all into it. 
Yeah, or force you into it. I don't know, whatever. I think invite is. is the right word. That's nice. <laughs> I do, yeah. I think one of the first changes I made was like from the Book of Common Prayer, like getting rid of a lot of like the paternal language, getting like changing some of the pronouns and like words for God. And that's just like easy to do and kind of fun and nice. Snaps. Um, Although Reuven doesn't want snaps, but maybe you are fine with snaps. I disagree. I think. Ruin's a little jaded about the snaps. Okay. <laughs> there's, I think there's a place for snaps. And there's a place for being jaded about snaps. <laughs> good, good, fair. We can hold these snap tensions. <laughs> yes. Um, Gender inclusive language in our liturgies, folks. Yeah. 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 Which I mean. Honestly, easy to do. Easy. Very easy to do. Yeah. And fun to do. Creative, imaginative, yeah. otherwise or possibilities. I've mostly shifted in my brain all the way now. Like now I'm really confused when I hear he, people are like, he, he, he. I'm like, what? Who is, who is he? <laughs> who is what? this is he God he? you speak of? Because <laughs> my, my church that I attend virtually on Sunday still uses primarily he language, king and he. And I'm like, he says, and I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm so not in that mode anymore. Who? Yeah. Who? <laughs> he? Um, and if you, if you can't bring yourself to do it for yourself, pay me to do it. Perfect. <laughs> <gasps> True. Oh my gosh. If anyone wants Matthew to do that, or make you could share your liturgies and you could make money. I would love that. I, I feel s- like you could make a book that would sell. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I do sense that this this season in so many ways is you guys obviously have a very endearing, sweet, whimsical, charming relationship. <laughs> but like this is you at your best in so many ways because if you could have wished for something, it would be somebody to create a liturgy for a season such as this. I know it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm all in. Cause I'm, I'm in the similar vein of like, I kind of have walked away from a traditional sense of a church, but I am like, if I were, if someone were to be like, you have to go to a church, I'm like, Oh, I would go to an Episcopal church, you know? And like, I love liturgy and Lent is my favorite season, you know? And so it's like, we, we have this thing where it's like, you've got Advent and I've got Lent Mm -hmm. in terms of like, we've, we've got these, the purple holidays, the sad ones, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the purple holidays. We got to get back to me, but I want to say one more thing. Just like say it. uh, We it's for for the for anybody (laughs) listening. It's like in the Christian tradition. It's like the this modern American situation. Liturgy is this beautiful gift that we like growing up, and I'm sure the both of you can relate. It's like this idea of like the 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 prioritization or the idolization of like a free form personal prayer from your heart. Mm-hmm. It's like us oh, looking back. I'm like, I'm doing it, but it's so stressful. Isn't it nice just to read a prayer? Just yeah. read it. That was one of the nicest things I liked about starting at an Episcopal church was like, everybody else is saying this with me. So like, mm. even if like I leave out this line, cause I'm not so sure about this line of this prayer or this, this, <laughs> right. whatever it is, someone else is going to say it. Yeah. So I, I don't need to worry about it. Well, Ooh. and it's, and it's like a prayer that's been prayed, like prayed. I like that. It's prayed. been prayed. It's been prayed like by people <laughs> before you, people. generations yeah. before that's you, or cool. it's being prayed by lots of like people around you. And especially if like, you're thinking of this church calendar, it's like we are doing Advent. And so, it's like, as we light our candles, it's like imagining each home lighting mm-hmm. their candles. And okay. we're, there's this piece of unity and we're all doing it in our own place, but 
there's tradition to it and yeah. there's a structure that com- connects us. Yeah. I think too, like that's also, this is, this is really a, this is a, uh, a rabbit hole or whatever it is, but I've go. had some trauma with like very, uh, informal, no accountability churches and like church organizations. Um, and that, that it makes sense. There's, there's no accountability. It leads to, you know, just like uh, irresponsible choices. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> just put it lightly. Um, so it feels comforting yeah. to have yeah. um, liturgy, uh, some, something, someone to, to follow. Even if I'm critical at the same time, it's like somebody providing the structure for me to jump off from. It's interesting now, um, now that I don't, I mean, it's the, it's a pandemic, so I, I haven't been going to church, and I despise Zoom with um, my entire being. Yeah, you hate Zoom. I hate Zoom. Um, Ruben and Matthew really don't like Zoom. Uh, You're not talking to your microphone. Oh. <laughs> um, they hate Zoom. <laughs> yeah, so I have just not been going to church. I could be attending church on Zoom, and I just know that I would, I would, I would one dislike it, and two would like. It would like not ruin only, your day. It would ruin my day. Not only would it be like not as nice as going to church in person, but it would feel like a bastardization of church in person, you know? Fair, mm. fair. Mm. I've been um, going to church and it, it's, it's sit with my family at the kitchen table looking at the screen. And this last Sunday, I was like, this is new. Like I came down and my wife Marissa had the computer in her lap on a big comfy chair. Mm, That's never happened. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow that. And I'm going to sit on the couch and I just stared out the window and listened. And that was much preferable. I have to look at the screen. I was like, heard the songs, heard the sermon, heard the announcements. Like, this is great. I'm just got my, got my coffee. Oh, that's nice. And you're just like, Oh, I'm lightly here, but I'm also here looking out. Yeah. But yeah, the the blue light getting, it just gets old. Yeah. Yeah. I think I also just, I don't like the distance, Mm -hmm. you know, I like being there. Mm-hmm. I think this is something I'm learning about myself too. I've talk, been talking to you guys about this. I'm very like in the moment, very mm-hmm. like I need the the tactileness. I want to feel the pew. I want to walk up to the altar. I want someone to like hand the bread to me. Um, Foreshadowing to another potential episode of Maddie someday is uh, cuddling. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. That is related. It's related. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel that. It's like, God cuddling you <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the bread, with the bread. <laughs> I don't know what's being said now, but that's great. Um, I like it. <laughs> um, I think what the next kind of stage of this is. Yeah. So I would create my own advent liturgies, traditions, um, our, our own advent. Liturgies. Love it. I love it. Um, I love it. Even though I don't all typically want to show up. I love that it's happening. Warms my heart. I also like being invited. It's a, that's a, a perfect way to participate. Yeah, I love that too. Um, and so, so each year would kind of change a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I would like, I, I have a folder in my documents on my, on my computer. That's like Advent. There's nothing from 2017. So I don't know. It's lost to the ether. And then I have uh, different things from 2018 and then I think I also lost some stuff from last year, from 2019, mm. because I I spilled water on my computer and it had to be replaced. So, mm. Mm. Happens. so I, th- I think some of that stuff is also gone. Um, 
But that kind of takes us to 2020. And that's here like we are. kind of here where we are right now, winter solstice. Um, the time came around again. I'm in school right now full time and also trying to work part time. Very busy. Also trying to take care of my brain and myself. And Also, we're in a pandemic. Also, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> Please don't forget, everybody. Um, yeah, maybe stay inside. <laughs> yeah. Slap a mask on your face, you know? <laughs> Think twice. Um. And so, so, so the time came around, the, the, the winter spirit came, the, the Christmas spirit came and, you know, the Christmas spirit came. I started, <laughs> I started thinking about, okay, what do we want to do for this advent? What do I want to do? How am I going to frame this? Um, so I started looking at the, the, my old stuff and I kind of was just not loving mm. most or some or all of it. Like you were mm. kind of getting in a bad mood about it. I was a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like surprised. It, it caught me by surprise. I wasn't expecting this. Um, and so I was kind of wondering, like, okay, what what's wrong with this? With this? Like, what else can I do? And um, I've been in school, like, this is my second year at the University of Washington now, and there's a big emphasis in a lot of my classes and a lot of my just education there on, like, anti-colonialism, um, like, uh, emphasizing indigenous histories, indigenous ways of knowing, um, kind of un- undoing a lot of the harm done by settler colonialism. Specifically, I'm in a, I'm in a class now that is just like a native um, and an indigenous history of American course. Um, and so I don't know exactly what, what, how that made me jump to, okay, what about like, what about Christmas? What are we doing the same thing to Christmas to Advent? Um, but I, I, I've known this whole time that like Christmas was not just made up by the Pope or something. <laughs> Yeah, it um, it comes from like pretty much you know, a, a lot of cultures. A lot of cultures across the globe celebrate solar and lunar events. Um, whether that's with religion, whether that's with um, you know, just like different different ways of doing that with feasts, with mm-hmm. harvests, yeah. Um, uh, and so that's like kind of what why Christmas is on the twenty fifth. It's close to the winter, winter solstice. solstice, which is like... No, it's the literal day of Jesus' birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, Mom. No, it's not. <laughs> um, if Jesus actually was a person who existed on the earth, I said, I said if that's a dangerous thing to say. Um, I think he was. Most, point sign, po- most signs point to he was. Um, he was probably born in the springtime. But was um, he raised from the dead? Oh my gosh. Don't ask me that. Just <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, resurrection. That's another episode. The, the goal, that could be one. The goal of the church early on, because before the church was the church, it was just Christians doing, you know, what they thought they were should be doing. You know, like spreading the word to each other, word of mouth, celebrating together, being in community together. And then Emperor Constantine was like, it's the mid 300s. It's probably time to turn the empire into a Christian empire. <laughs> and he was like, I'm an emperor. I'm in like a white emperor. So I should probably just choose other white male Christians to ask about this. Wow. Um, obviously that's not what he actually said, but he basically was like, let's find the most imperial like version of Christianity and let's like institutionalize that. And, force that on the entire Roman world. Um, the world has never changed. (laughs) Never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the big things I've been learning 
at school is like, there's a lot of Christianity that was pre, pre all of that. Yeah. yeah like in between Jesus and Christianity is this, that's kind of coming after. So, okay. So, so from the beginning of the church, that's what Constantine created. He created the church. Um, and the goal since then has been homogenization. It's been force. It's been, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but, uh, obedience. Yeah. Obedience. Like, um, Basically, just imposing the same views. This is what on it is. Everyone, this is what yeah. it is. Like this is Christianity. This is like the way to relate to the world. This is the way to relate to the divine, to each other. Um, yeah, it's Ugh. it's rough. So, Oof. in order to force Christianity on specific people with specific beliefs, they were like, "Hey, instead of Saturnalia, instead of celebrating the solstice the way you traditionally celebrate it." let's just like decide it was Jesus, you know, let's, the, let's turn it into something we can condone. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas. Christmas. It's like a rebranding. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of lucky because, well, lucky. A lot of people in this process of uh, imp- imperial process, people, a lot of people died. A lot of people were forced, you know, to change anyway, not, not nice, but, um, it actually preserved a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same ideas. Um, As what Solstice had. Right, yeah. Um, because, I mean, the Solstice, and I guess this is what we're getting into, what I'm getting into this Advent, Christmas, winter season, is like the Solstice is the the shortest day, the longest night. The the, the sun is, it, is furthest from us as it will ever be. Um, and then it starts getting, the days start getting longer again. The sun starts getting closer. The day, like in- I wait for solstice, like, <laughs> It's this nice. This is bad it's gonna get. <laughs> and the people who celebrate it think about the sun being reborn. Mm. Which like, if, if you're also, if you're Christian- That's the, cool. The sun being born, the son wow. of God being born. Oh boy. Um, so that, it, it makes- they, they can, there's, there's similar themes. They can align and they yeah. can meet and connect. Yeah. A lot of um, uh, a lot of the other solstice myths involve a, a woman during the night giving birth to mm. the sun. Usually, mm. it's like the, the literal sun that she's interesting. giving birth to. That's mm. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Nope. The Christian. So these stories, the these mythologies that get passed through yeah, the themes in the mythologies. Yeah. Like pre pre Jesus. Yeah. Um, Oh, I hope there's really people listening, obviously that's like, really this fascinating is about living a less certain, more curious life. Like probably anybody that listens to us is like already vibing with this. Yeah. But I also just want to give the disclaimer. If you're not like, just hold it lightly. Yeah. This is really good. True things. Nobody, nobody's like selling any sort of propaganda or anything. No. Then this is like, this is all stuff that's being taught to me. Like in a university, this is, these yeah. are things that people will be learning like in a seminary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is just like literal history by historians. This mm-hmm. is not, um, I mean, whether you trust scientists is your choice or not. But, <laughs> um, so, so, so this year I was kind of, I, I started thinking along the lines of like, oh, maybe I could be leaning into some of the pre-Christian narratives about this time of year. Um, and so I, and part of this too is like, I've been exposed to pagan stuff just living in Seattle. Um, we have the big summer solstice festival yes. here in Fremont. Naked bike riders. Naked bike riders. Very fun. I um, <laughs> Just right across from us. Yes. 
I actually in high school, um, a multiple of my friends were like pagan slash Jewish, which is a fun vibe. That is a fun in vibe. general. And one of them, uh, my friend Jaja, her dad was one of the people who's on the Fremont, uh, Fremont Arts Council who like started the, free, the Solstice oh, cool. Parade. So they're super into like, um, they lean into those like Solstice pagan stuff. And I kind of don't, didn't, and still don't know much about it. Um, and so going into this season, I was like, maybe that's what I want to be leaning into. So I took a trip to the, her local occult store. <laughs> Sweet in the U district. Uh, shout out, shout out to oh, <laughs> oh, I don't know, I remember the name. It's like Sun Last Page. We'll put it on our show notes. Yeah, before you share this, <laughs> yeah. before you share this, Reuben asked this question the other night mm. What is pagan mean? Mm-hmm. I think that might Ooh. be helpful to clarify. It's Let's get our terms here. A great question. Thank well, you. it was a word invented by the Christians. Okay. Um, to essentially other people who weren't create the other who aren't Christian, you know, like so is anything that's non-Christian. Yeah, um, that's so that's one definition specifically from like a medieval Christian perspective. Pagan just means a non-Christian, usually a polytheist, usually uh, like a European non-Christian polytheist. He's Gosh darn polytheists. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but so, so yeah, so, so pagan was like just a word created to mean, you know, people who aren't Christian and it, this, the, the kind and, of, in the, and also just people who didn't fall under this Constantine version of Christianity. Yeah. Mm, no. So if you were like, if glad you, you know, <laughs> good clarifying question. If you were a Christian, but you were a Gnostic, and you, or you weren't, you weren't feeling the Empire vibe, then you were apostate, or you were um, a heathen, or maybe you were no, maybe mm. not, not heathen. That's All my it. friends are heathens. Take it slow. Take it slow. Um, That's you, if you reference. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do you still do you, you like that song? Anyway, um, top three for me. I do remember that. Yeah. They had other words for for Christians who weren't the right kind of Christian, but it wasn't pagan because okay. you weren't you probably weren't polytheist. Okay, I do think it's so interesting in terms of like what we pay attention to between the three of us with Christianity or religion. Like you have a lot of information, you have a lot of information. It's like certain things got filtered out as I was learning, and and some things caught. Mm-hmm. But like I don't I don't remember a lot of the minutia of these types of details and somehow it sticks with Maddie. I know. I know when you explain it, I'm like, yes, wow. I, and I'm so appreciative of the information. A lot of this stuff I've just been learning in these last two years. That's really helpful though. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. I too. almost want to wear heathen, like somebody that would, I, I, I still personally identify as a Christian, but I also would love the idea of saying I'm also a heathen, mm. you know, like mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm a heathen. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> that's nice. I'm trying to think, I think, I think a pagan. He, yeah, a pagan. My guess is there are people who are like at a dinner table, Mace is a heathen. This heathen over this here heathen. with their weird hair. I think heathen <laughs> has this connotation of like you've you've given in. You've like you like uh, you're you're um indulging in like sin. You're yeah. indulging in your your worst self or your worst desires yeah. or, or something like that. Whereas pagan is kind of more just like a delineation. It's, and yeah, maybe it's it means like a that separate you haven't thing. met Jesus yet and you'll be con- you'll be converted. You just don't know yet. 
Well, what, okay, so you're working like, with the wrong set well, of. Well, think of it like heathen, but also like uh, hedonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's there's a fine line. It seems like they're slightly synonymous, but like I think they're related. Yeah. Um, so pagan. So it started out as that term. Now, um, pagan is used like uh, from from this perspective mm-hmm. to talk about those cult different many like diverse cultures that were European but pre-Christian. So we've got like Vikings, we've got, um, you know, the ancient people from the British islands, the ancient, ancient Celtic people, ancient like um, Nordic peoples, um, Germanic traditions, hey. like Slavic traditions. It's all, all over the place. Like, uh, I guess many, maybe people don't, don't know this, but think about how varied Native American culture and religion is or how varied, um, you know, Pacific Islander culture is like uh, Europe was like that too before it was like you know taken over by an empire. Yeah, um, <sighs> and then became an active part of creating that empire and furthering that empire. Um, but you know, it was also conquered at one point. Um, so that so we now use pagan to describe those people back then, and we also use the term to describe their their descendants or the people who are keeping those traditions and cultures and religions alive, mm-hmm. who we would probably call neo-pagans. Whoa. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's maybe the, term. the term. So my friends in high school who were Jewish slash pagan would, would also maybe be better, better suited to the name neo-pagan. Which would just they identify as neo-pagan? Or that's what you want to call them? Mm, they would maybe know. They would maybe know that they are neo-pagans. But I think if you meet a neo-pagan. They're just like, I'm just, a pagan. They would just probably just call themselves a pagan. Oh, yeah. um, this is, let me just- We've cr- said the word too many times now and I don't think it's a real word anymore. Well, pagan, 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 it's pagan, really pagan, funny pagan. because I grew up with, um, my dad was kind of aggressive in terms of not really wanting to celebrate Christmas and do Christmas decorations because he had learned about the fact that it was actually a pagan holiday right. that was taken over by Christianity. Yeah. And so he like labeled things as like pagan decorations to be like an aggressive reminder that like your Christmas is actually a pagan thing. And like, mm-hmm. as this like weird, and I don't think my make, it's funny cause my dad's like not that Christian, mm-hmm. but like was like, oh, pagan. Like super anti-pagan. Yeah, which I'm like, that's so strange. And I don't think he would really be that <laughs> today. Like yeah. if I was like, hey dad, I'm doing pagan shit. He'd be like, cool. cool. Like yeah. good on you, Mace. You I do th- you. I think specifically Christmas is one of the avenues that pagan tradition has been like kept alive. Like yeah. we still say things like Yule log or like Yule tide or like, uh, um, the song like the holly and the ivy is mm-hmm. entirely like about pagan traditions or like hmm. caroling pagan tradition wassail a pagan tradition like um lighting wassail. the candles wassail going it's the same thing as caroling essentially yeah. okay um, <laughs> and those most of those things I thought it was, a, I thought it was an alcoholic drink it is, that's, <laughs> that's it's like, also it like, is a, what is this it's an activity and uh, oh, good. oh it is a drink, drink too <laughs> okay, no. um it's also a potion, a Ooh. spell. Um, also, sounds uh, interesting. Yeah, so you would, w- if we want to talk about wassailing, you would. Um, <laughs> I do. I do want to talk about that. It's a very varied, but it it, it took place mostly in um, England or what, it's, what we now call England, and um, it might have been called England at the time. Anyway, fact you, check. 
everybody. <laughs> this is already the most factual episode we've yeah, ever had. <laughs> you would make an alcoholic beverage with like fruit, uh, with fruit and fruit juice, mm-hmm. um, and probably warm it up and add spices. Mm. And spices are the really important part because and then you would it's start ex- singing. Later, yeah. <laughs> spices are important because it's really expensive at the time. You have to like sail all the way to sail. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all the way to like Asia to get spices. So they're very expensive, and so you only spend those spices when it's like an important, mm. you know, auspicious time. So you make this yummy, spicy, essentially like a mold cider or a mold wine, um, and then some men in the town might carry it from house to house, singing. And like people would drink and then they would supply their own wassail. And then eventually mm. you would go to the orchard and like splash or spill some of the wassail on your fruit trees in order to Jeez. ensure that the next um, the next harvest would be good. Some good information. Many really good, just some good information. And also that sounds nice. Yeah, it's just like a nice sweet community thing yeah. being like, hey, like we had a great harvest this year, you guys. This is so fun. Let's celebrate. Let's sing, let's drink, let's go around and be and share and, yeah. and go about like, the town. And let's like kind of invest some of this nice energy into the next year by like yeah. we have no idea what we're singing. Here we come, like, a wassailing along the leaves of green. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, I have no idea. Yeah. It's a Christmas song. And that, that song has <laughs> pagan. Not, pagan. nothing to do with baby Jesus. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Some of these things we sing, we're like, if you really stop, you're like, what am I singing right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then the eulog. Love and joy come to you and to, to you a wassail too. Yeah, it's not. And baby Jesus be in your house with the wassail too. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's not part of the song. No. Um, and like the, the Yulong could, now people just burn along, but mm. at the time you would have like carved runes into the. Mm. And we like, should do that. I think we should too. Yeah, I um, know we should. You might have like covered it with some good smelling oils. Yes. Um, and it might be all about like kind of the energy you want to take into the next year. Um, so it's essentially like a magic spell mm-hmm. that you burn. Great. Um, <laughs> interestingly, and this is maybe too into religion, but what gets deemed magic and what gets deemed religion is basically based on power and gender, no, it's, essentially. That is so real. The more I study things, I'm like, oh, oh, and now it's, this is magic? Yeah. Oh, and now it's religion? Right. Like <laughs> when, when we... When we uh, break bread and chant over wine um, hmm. in a ca- in a cathedral, that's religion. But when you when you burn a log and spill wine on a tree, that's magic. Magic, and it's because it's not something to be feared and kind of dark. And yeah. maybe the yeah in Jewish culture, um, if a man does it, it's religion. Well, not okay. That was a bad statement. In, Correct that statement. Fact check. <laughs> Another fact check here, folks. In more <laughs> ancient uh, and paternal times, um, a lot of the religious acts carried out by Jewish men in the community were deemed, or are now, were later deemed to be religion. Mm. <laughs> and the religious acts that women took and carried out were later deemed to be just magic. And it was just magic because Gosh. women were doing it and it was mysterious and we didn't understand. There's... There's so much to know. Do I hear some rattling? By nope. 
It's my my imagination. Um, so, so I so I, I that was a long detour. I went to the cold Perfect. store. I got Welcome this. Welcome to no small thing. <laughs> I got this book. Went to the cold store. We're back to the story. Well, yeah, because yeah. I asked what Pagan was. <laughs> you did. Good job. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea of like people coming on the show with an idea of what they want to talk about. Like, I love the idea of like somebody be like, "We like, can you come talk about this thing?" And then they sit down like slightly prepared, but we're and like, we're like, well, like "Oh wait, what thing? about this little thing?" And then that? they're like, "Wait, what happened to my plan?" <laughs> I didn't gone. even I didn't even bother to make a plan this time because I knew good. it was going to happen anyway. Um, <laughs> so. When I got to the book, I was like, oh, this is the store. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to have to ask the guy at the front, like, hey, I'm, a, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm but a newbie. Can you tell me some stuff about you all or like a, point me to a book or like, is there this something is I should do? Um, but before I talked to him, I like peeked around the store and I was the only one there. It's like empty. It's in a cold store. Um, people, it's a like, great store. I got, I I was like, get me candles. Yeah. <laughs> My mom would be terrified to go in there. She would need to pray for hours afterwards. Um, she would probably go in there and tell me that she felt an, an evil presence. Um, I probably would have told you that, uh, I don't know, seven years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm just like, this is a sweet guy who's selling candles and books <laughs> and some cards <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah. jewelry. Um, <laughs> and probably like really has a lot of pity and empathy for judgmental Christians like hundred oh, percent oh, yeah. you're scared of me I'm so sorry yeah um I, w- I go and look at the book section and I'm like okay here's some stuff on Celtic stuff I like Celtic stuff but nothing here says you all I'm gonna move on to the next spot and then just right in front of me there's just um a book eight, titled you eight different books and they all have different titles of um pagan uh holidays and one of them is Yule and I'm like yeah it's probably the book I want <laughs> This is um, great. So I picked up the book, the Yule book, and then I kind of read through. It's pretty short. I didn't spend a lot of time on the like spells and rituals or the um, recipes because a lot of the recipes are, you know, as somebody who has like British and Celtic uh, ancestry, I already know a lot of those mm-hmm. um, what res- recipes. What like shepherd's pie? What do you, what do you make? Uh, sugar cookies. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> spice cookies. Uh, I like say cold. I, was, I don't want to hear about these things. I was fully picturing recipes for like brews. Like, and, <laughs> I, mean, I'm, and I was like, I was like, yes. Yeah, wassail, mold wine, eggnog. No, yeah. I mean like, I mean stuff, like guys. witch cauldron, like <laughs> that brew was, that's like, um, <laughs> like an old shoe and. <laughs> <laughs> No, just most, some sugar cookies. <laughs> most of the brews are, it's either Poly something something you can drink, like a, a cider or a wine, or it's just like something you boil on the stove that makes your house smell good. Yeah. But you're also, you know, pouring your intention into yeah, yeah. the thing that you're boiling and like creating mm, and mixing. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. And it's kind of like adding good vibes to the house. No, that's evil. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, a, no. there's a classic. It, it, this, this is going to sound really harmless and silly in this context, but like there's a epic story of me going to like a Christmas party in my early 20s and somebody showed up right at the door with some mold wine mm. and I did not hear it right. I never knew what that was. I didn't understand and I was losing my mind. <laughs> I, I just kept saying mold wine mold like mold like and everybody's like laughing at me and i'm like what's the joke like oh. is it mold wine and the joke is like i'm about to drink mold or is it like i'm getting it wrong and everybody's like don't explain it to him he'll just just taste it and i'm like 
mold wine. Now everybody's like that whole crowd now is like, you want some mold wine? I like, think it's so funny. I'm like, I never, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't either. Mold. Uh, I can mold see you boy. in this situation. <laughs> I was really confused. I just want to ask some earnest, You're like, please, questions. just like, please explain yeah. to me, please. <laughs> had this offered to me before. <laughs> this, that same thing would have happened to me if I hadn't yeah. probably looked it up on the internet before. Here's some wassail. Here's some wassail. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got this book and it kind of, you know, told me a lot of, it basically is just full of symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, the symbolism of holly, the symbolism of ivy, of a yule log, of like the different themes for this season. So a, a big theme for, in in this book anyway, there's like, I guess this goes back to paganism, but everybody does it differently. And there's a million different kinds of pagans. There's Celtic pagans, there's Celtic reconstructionist pagans, there's like druidic pagans those are all different kinds of celtic mm-hmm. pagans there's um wiccans which is like a very specific kind that was created by this one guy in the 50s um there's people who just kind of are eclectic pagans and just like pick and choose whatever they want which is probably what we are doing yeah um <laughs> and so every it looks different for everybody and some people are are witches and pagans and some people are witches and they're not pagans and some people are pagan and they're not witches it's whatever you want it to be. So when I talk about the stuff in this book, it's just the stuff in this book. It's not the only way to do paganism because it's not a church or an empire. Hmm. Um, well, that's my only reference point for reality. It, that was <laughs> also my only reference point for reality also. Um, so to give you a good example, I I forgot I had this like this marked and it's just like a short, short passage and you can cut it out if you want to. I should stop saying that. Um, <laughs> stop saying that. Um, so this is from Llewellyn's Sabbat Essentials, um, Yule ri- Rituals, Recipes, and Lore for the Winter Solstice. Oh, and lore, I love that. And yeah. Lore, yeah. So there's like, there's also lots of stories. Like Yule is traditionally a time when the, uh, I think it's the the Holly King is defeated by the Oak King. Whoa. And then and during the summer solstice, it flips, and the Oak oh. King defeats the Holly King. It's just Oak's like, what's up? It's not even, there's not like, um, there's not like, they're not enemies per se. They just kind of rule over different times of the year and it like reflects the changes that happens and happen in in nature. I like it. There's a lot of like nature focus here. Um, I think that was, that's one of the big things that we've been talking about has been like in winter, in Yule for this winter solstice, like the world slows down. It starts raining the leaves die, the trees kind of hibernate, animals hibernate, or they move away to the other hemisphere. Um, there's like, if you're, if you're in agriculture, if you're living in a, in a, in a, f- a farming community, there's like, you finish the harvest, there's kind of not much left to do, but to like kind of cover your fields and wait until it's time to plant again, unless you're living in closer to the equator in which if you're living in the equator, there's still changes that happen. Um, but in general, things slow down. But in our world today, in this Mm-mm. like world ruled by capitalism, by production, we don't slow down at all. We keep producing. We keep working. Even if there's a pandemic, we just keep working. <laughs> um, and then a holiday just becomes this other thing. It's that this we other busy thing that we're continuing to consume. And yeah. So if anything, we become more busy, even as nature slows down. And it's not. It's not natural. It's not like not what 
our bodies like have been timed for historically. So this is kind of a different approach. I'll, I'll, this nice. I'll read. I'm vibing. Winter is a time of resilience. It's a time to look deep within and find strength, nurturing one's inner spark and keeping it safe and warm throughout the cold months. But let's not over romanticize this. Wintertime is tough. Winter, weather changes, cold, snow, and ice, and a lack of food can be lethal. Hmm. And only the strongest and most adaptive plants and creatures survive. Likewise, many people today struggle with seasonal affective disorder. I do. During the winter months. If you live in Seattle, you do. Um, uh, sorry. In, in a way, both real and metaphorical, winter is one of nature's limiting factors. Hmm. But out of those struggles come, uh, come courage, strength, and self-reliance. Um, we can use this time to reach down, find strength, and emerge renewed come springtime. Midwinter has so much to offer if we only reach out and grasp it. Being an active part of winter rather than avoiding it mm. is, a, is mm. an essential part of this. Make winter your friend your partner for this dark time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like a little bit of a, I, I want to say convicted, but I mostly feel inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll just know, like, it's been a different energy this year. We're not really doing Advent. We are doing Yule and we're starting it kind of earlier. And it's been, I think, especially in the pandemic, like, an essential piece. Like I'm, I am so grateful for this turning towards winter that (laughs) I, I just feel like it's, it's, it's such, it is such a resistance to capitalism. And then also just, it feels right in the soul. Like, yeah, we are meant to be slowing down. Like it's happening around us. Why have I been fighting this for so long? Like if I can give myself over to it, if I can embrace this friend that is winter, like it, it can be a companion. But I feel like for so long I've just been, I I will speak for myself personally. I feel like I'm always like at war and this has been like a different, a shift towards winter in a way that's like not needing to be at war, but like accepting and coming to like a, I think I wrote this in my, the post, like shaking hands with winter. Mm. Like here we are. Like I'm, I, I see you. I'm giving myself over to you. I'm going to allow you because you're here, you know? Totally. And I think, I think a part of this too is why it it feels, I think Scott, you said something about how it, it doesn't feel convicting. It feels like inspiring, inspiring. I think you are, your people are already doing this. Like if you live in, if you, if you like me grew up in Seattle, like you kind of learn to accept that it gets darker, it gets colder and you kind of just have to make do when it rains. You just have to keep going essentially. Mm -hmm. Like you got to keep make friends with the rain. It's a little bit different. You don't just like ignore it. You kind of, it's it's a different approach, but I'm saying you're probably already doing this in your life because you kind of, kind of have to. Yeah. Um, I forget where I was going with that, but so I, I've seen that with you. You as somebody who was born in California, much like sunnier place coming up here. It was really interesting to watch you 
fight against winter, which was yeah. a fight I knew you would lose. And I would you lose. Would lose. <laughs> I lose. I lose every time. <laughs> so I, 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 I see that in you. It's, uh, yeah. Making friends with winter. Yeah. You know, no. And I feel like and we can all be doing it more. Yeah. And I feel like this is just such a, it's uh, the word I've been using so much lately is container, but like having this practice of you kind of guiding our home and turning towards that and like, lighting a candle each night and talking about it. It's like, it's helping to contain that and helping to make sure that we're not neglecting it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Should we, should we actually do our liturgy? I think so. But is there anything else you want to say besides, I think our plan was that we would then head into doing a Yule liturgy. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think the only thing is like, I think in a very real sense, this is a liturgy and that like it's people doing something together. Um, the, work the work of, of the people. The work of the people. Um, but if you're thinking, if you are like me, Episcopal, and you're thinking, okay, liturgy, there's not, there's not going to be any peace be with you. It's not going to, well, yeah, there might be peace with you. Um, <laughs> there's no pastor at the front. We're just kind of talking. Yeah. Well, and I feel like we're in like the three weeks before the, the more like, particular bit of advent or right so classic um protestant uh advent starts this sunday so we're also when this episode airs it'll have started yeah 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 Yeah. advent was yesterday Um, bam 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 um so yeah so this time beforehand it's like uh celtic advent already started or um i think orthodox the greek orthodox advent has already started as well um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I did write. We already did this in our house once, but I think Scott hasn't heard it. And I, I wrote. I wrote a meditation for us. So I think uh, I'll invite like Scott and Macy to do it, but also you can do it too. The person listening. The person listening. Well, so what I think what we're gonna do is take a break, mm-hmm. and we come good. back. When mm-hmm. We come back. We will start this liturgy. Yes, you'll be welcome to the house and into our Yule liturgy. Don't know why I felt the need to re-clarify. off all of the lights and so the only light is coming from a couple candles in the center both from the occult store um we have some holly we have a diffuser in here that is putting out really aggressive christmas tree smells which Mm -hmm. is nice in a nice way Mm -hmm. and then there's um there's a little holly wreath it's actually there's holly ivy and rosemary and i made it myself it's so good um uh 
this is kind of interesting. I, I still don't know. The, the liturgy with, with quotation marks for tonight is less formal. And I think this is a, a reflection of we're still kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And also it doesn't have to be quite so formal. Right. Which is, it can just be what it is. Which is nice. Um, which is kind of like the energy we're leaning into with the way we're approaching the winter season this year as a house. Um, so right now we've got three candles in front of us. There's a black candle, a green candle, and a white candle. And they're each standing for different themes or, um, you know, place things to, to think about and focus on and meditate on for this season. The black candle, we're thinking about darkness, which is a big theme of Yule and the winter solstice just because it is such it's a really dark. Li- literally dark time of the year, especially when we're up so north. One thing I learned this recently was just how, how north we are. How north we are. <laughs> Even though I've lived here my whole life, I kind of, I didn't quite realize that our days got quite so short. Like I thought it was normal. <laughs> no. When, but I, I watched some video where it was like, okay, you know, if you're going to move to Seattle, it's like in the middle of the winter, they only get like seven or eight hours of, of, of sun. And I was like, yeah, that's normal, right? No, it's not. Um, so there's a, there's a black candle and it's um, to signify like darkness and thinking about darkness. We have a green candle, which I think is kind of related to the reading I read earlier from the Yule book. Um, it's just kind of meaning that um, resilience and rejuvenation and like um, that kind of nature aspect of Yule. And Mace also has a really beautiful and unique and very specific um, (laughs) imagery associated with this green candle and it's beautiful. And maybe Mace, would you like to say something about this candle? Yeah, I don't know why, but every time this candle we light it or talk about it, I'm like, just have big imagery of, like a drenched wet forest and specifically looking at like a leaf, a green leaf on the ground that's just drenched in water and soaking in it or like looking at moss. That's just like, it's almost excessive Mm -hmm. how much water it has and how green and luscious it is. And there's just this imagery that comes with this like rejuvenation and this, this green of this, the immense water in the, the, the word drenched just always comes to my mind of like mm-hmm. fully bathed in it. Like the leaf is so green, it's full of water in itself and it's surrounded by the water and mm-hmm. the water's coming down on it. Yeah. And I don't know what well, that image, I just am like meditating on this image of that. And it totally lines up with a lot of the themes of, of the traditional themes of Yule as well a lot of like evergreen and green plants are associated with, with Yule, you know, holly, ivy, evergreen trees, Yule, Yule trees. Um, so what a Christmas tree come from, comes from. Um, it's almost it, like there's this power in the, in the, the green leaves to withstand it. Like they've, they, they didn't fall. They haven't died. They're still alive and vibrant in receiving the water. A hundred percent. And that's like kind of what some of the magic of them is, is they carry that power. And as, you know, witches or pagans or anybody celebrating Yule and focusing on this like nature aspect can draw upon that same power for themselves. Mm. 
um, I think we I'm also it. we also talked about that like kind of wet um, leaf being like rich with mm-hmm, water, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a kind of like the place where we live is like a, a rich green place that's rich in water. Yeah, no, I mean it, it is. It's like if we can, if I can really look around at the green and see it, like there's something so beautiful about it. Also, yeah, being covered in the water, like there's it gives it that special sheen or shine. Mm-hmm. So the, the, green the green candle, yeah. And then we have a white candle as well, which we actually- We actually have never lit the white candle. <laughs> no. We've never talked about it. It's um, just, we no, always miss it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the white candle, um, I think eventually, if you know things about Advent, will eventually serve as our Christ candle, which is the, the, candle you, the white candle you light on Christmas night. But I think it will also serve as our candle signifying light and, and hope for- the rebirthed sun that will start getting brighter after the solstice. Oh boy. Um, I think also this is maybe part of the green candle and the green candle or the, the green candle and the white candle, but another theme of Advent or Advent Yule, all of it is kind of looking back at the year and saying, okay, like how did that go? What did we like? What worked well? What new thing do we want to create? What change do we want to see? What goals do we have? How do we want to grow? Um, so the kind of like forward-looking um, aspect. Bam. Bam. So that, those are our three candles that we've got in front of us. We've lit the black candle. Tonight we're going to be talking about darkness, and I actually have a meditation that I mentioned that I'll walk you all through. Do you need some light? <laughs> Do you want a cell phone? Here, would this light help? Oh, this maybe. One might be oh, too bright. Ooh, a little candle. Well, if we were at Daniel McKaylee's house, I could have a handheld. Oh, that is nice and bright. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew wrote this meditation himself, and I did it with him a few days ago. And I just want to say, I mean, buckle up y'all. This is a really well-written meditation in my opinion. Mm. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just, I, I thought I was going to edit it and then I just didn't. All right. First, find a position that is comfortable for your body right now. Don't worry about posture And don't be afraid to switch switch positions if you notice any discomfort. Take a moment to notice your surroundings. Where are you? What can you see? What colors, objects, sounds, smells, tactile sensations do you experience? Try to put this context to memory so that your body can be at ease when you close your eyes and other senses to focus your intentions, calm your mind, ground your emotions, and recognize your soul. Do you feel comfortable with your surroundings? If closing your eyes would make you feel unsafe, consider moving locations or waiting in order to engage in this meditation safely. If you feel ready, close your eyes. 
we will start with three easy, comfortable breaths. How did that feel? Did you move when you took those breaths? What body part did you move? Your stomach? Your chest? Your shoulders? On the next couple of breaths, consider taking in more air when you inhale and letting out more air when you exhale or slowing your breathing down. Also, deepen the breaths in a different way. Sink deeper into the breaths. Relax your muscles more with each exhale, letting gravity win. Don't fight to hold up your body. Imagine breathing out all the work your body had to do today. Each step taken, every object reached for, grasped and moved, even each time you reopened your eyes after you blinked. Picture the effort, efforts taken and expended energy flowing out of you with each breath. If you haven't yet, try closing your eyes. On the next few breaths, deliberately slow your breathing. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Sink your shoulders and expand your stomach with each slow inhale taking in as much air as slowly as possible. On the exhale, blow the air out of your mouth the way you blow out a candle, but stretching the breath out as long as possible, sending your breath as far out from you as possible. This takes effort, but don't fight your body. Breathe in and out as you need to, trying to extend the breath further each time. Remember to relax your shoulders and body while expanding your stomach. You can try putting your palm on your belly to feel how much it expands. Take a couple more of these breaths, focusing on extending the breaths in through the nose, blowing out through the mouth. 
If your mind wanders, that's okay. But try to let the thoughts fade and center your awareness in your breaths. Take 10 breaths like this, letting your mind quiet more with each breath. Relaxing your breathing, check in with yourself. How do you feel? A mind, body, and soul at ease is an optimal configuration for the following exercise. With your eyes closed and breathing comfortable, access your mind's eye. And without picturing anything, Greet the darkness that exists pre-imagination. Recognize the darkness the way your soul remembers a beloved old friend. Embrace and lean into the darkness, sending your conscious awareness further into the darkness. Darkness takes many forms, but this one is primordial, essential, and non-dimensional. This darkness preceded all that we know and exists even beyond that which we do not know yet. This darkness connects us all. It weaves atoms together and barely leaves a trace. Do you know this darkness? You might not remember. And that's okay. Because forgetting darkness is actually not all that different from remembering darkness. Move on through darkness, into darkness, after darkness. You haven't seen anything yet, but how does darkness feel? Does it feel thick to push through? Or do you fly freely through 
Does the dark feel empty or close? Does it feel warm or cold? Fixed or fluid? Try and remember what this darkness feels like. To end our time in darkness, picture a light. Maybe the light is small or maybe it is far away. But either way, it is expanding in your field of vision. As slowly as you like, let the light expand. And as soon as it fills the darkness, open your eyes. Everybody's eyes are open. When we did this the other day, we um, took a moment to talk about uh, what did the darkness feel like? Um, or maybe if anybody has any thoughts about darkness, maybe just from today or in general in this dark time. I continue to feel like a warmth. Darkness felt like so comforting, so warm, like so embracing. I feel like like a a big blanket, like wrapped and enveloping, like very comforting. I'm like I need. Like, I'm feeling dependent in that sense. I didn't really do the meditation because I was leading it, but um, I've also been enjoying just, like, thinking about darkness in this time and kind of accepting it and um, maybe changing or growing our relationship with darkness and just right now because I had my eyes open because I was reading it I was noticing that the inside of our house just because it's filled with candlelight is is lighter than the outside but mm. we live in a city so there's really no real darkness out there and um, during this pandemic I've been kind of I mean, I've lived in a, a, a biggish city all my whole life in Seattle and um the pandemic has made city living less attractive to me. So I'm also, you know, picturing, you know, it's, it's easier to be closer to darkness when you're not in a city there's more quiet. There's yeah. less, um, less light as well. You can see the stars better. Um, so that's maybe, that's a thought I had on darkness just now. Yeah. I think you got us into a state where, we were nobody was uh, feeling anxious or freaking out, so like the prospect of darkness felt relatively safe. 
mm-hmm. um, which almost made the invitation of light feel slightly jarring. I was like, wait, light? I'm not, yeah. I'm not sitting here. Um, but okay. <laughs> um, but I guess in terms of thoughts, like we are surrounded by so much artificial light. I don't even know if we understand our natural rhythms anymore, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or I'm almost, I think I'm afraid of my natural rhythms. Like mm. it gets dark. I go to sleep. I wake up the light, you know, I don't yeah. even know what that feels like. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of been conditioned out of it too. Cause if, especially if we up this North, if we were only, productive with heavy quotes when it was light out mm-hmm. we would be. there would not be enough time to extract enough labor from all of us <laughs> jeez yep it's 4 30 time to be done <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter how much is left to do yeah oh this was a thought i had earlier that my friend some some maybe it was when we were i think it was with when we were doing this thing together the other day but um it's this factoid that people have been passing around the internet that medieval serfs had more time off than modern Americans mm. because uh, you know for half of the year they weren't farming but we you know we code we sling burgers we teach we sort we fulfill orders 24 7 yeah. 365 days a year it's it's, it's like a mania mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And then darkness could be the antidote, maybe. Yeah. No, it feels... It feels, like, true. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know how to articulate how I'm feeling. I feel like this is the second time doing that meditation. It really gets me in this state of, like... I think you're naming the light coming back, and it's like, oh... I A little part of me is like, oh, but I was, I'm loving this. And there's this piece of, like you can't be in the darkness forever. So yeah, eventually you're going to have to see the light, but like, it's like your eyes adjust in the dark and you can start to see things more like in the dark and you realize I can see these things while being in the dark. And it's like when you're in it, you start to attune your vision in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely feeling like pandemic alongside winter. It's like these two pieces that are like nature is calling us to attune ourselves to. It's like screaming, like slow down, look inward, look at these pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. You reminded me, I living in my parents' house, my bathroom had like lots of natural light in it. And I took my showers in the morning. So usually I was... And I would like was very familiar with that bathroom, so I would never turn on the light. Yeah, mostly just because it would you know hurt my eyes, and there was no need to. I could see or feel my way around the whole time. But now my bathroom doesn't have any natural light, so I usually turn the light on. Um, but in the during the pandemic, I've been taking like dark showers, which mm. feel a lot more mm. therapeutic. They feel a lot more self care. It feels more like luxurious or something, and less like I am washing myself so I can be clean. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is which is also good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this has been so good. 
Yeah. I'm glad, you, Scott, you mentioned that you felt safe in that. that. I'm glad you did. Oh, for sure. That, that, that thing you created is profound. Yeah. It's right up there with the best of them. Like, what was that phrase of, there's the part where it's like the three different ways to go, like chase after the dark. Oh. 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 It's Come okay. On. Come on, you wrote it. You wrote it. You should know it, but I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> did you have it memorized? I didn't. No, I don't have it memorized. No, I was not expecting that. I was I, I guess I was expecting like this like Christmas poem or something. I was like, oh, we're just doing like a really a meditation. Like, let's just get right into this. No, uh, a darkness meditation. Yeah, I yeah, liked it. Through darkness, into darkness, after, after darkness. darkness. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Matthew. Like, I have like, I feel like I'm like almost going to cry. <laughs> like, this has been very sweet. That's good. I feel like for anyone listening, like I hope that you enjoyed this and just like I feel like I've I I'm just like so grateful that this could be recorded, like put on record, you know, mm-hmm. like cuz this is I'm so lucky that I live with you and that we do this, you know, and it's it's fun that it can be on record and we can invite other people into that. So, thank you. I also, I mean, I think in a different situation, you you really, you you all make a lot of space for this sort of thing. So it's a thing we do together. Mm. Yeah, that's true. This is a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> We're like super zen now. I'm yeah, like, I, I sense it. I'm like, like I've, I've taken some deep breaths. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Good. It is. <laughs> is. Is there a song that would be good to end the episode with? Do you have a request? That's a great question. I wasn't expecting that question. You can get, you can get back to us. True. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe look it up and okay. tell you Everybody, um, we don't know what we're going to end with now, but um, pre- you're going to be blessed with a really thoughtful song from Maddie. A really thoughtful song. I guess this is also true in in our house. I don't really know how to end these yet. We don't yeah. have a set ending yet. We'll blow out the candle. What if I just hit them, everybody with the Mariah Carey Christmas song? <laughs> perfect. The perfect turn. Well, okay. Maybe that's not appropriate, but that song is always good. No, it is. I know. That would like, be after so this like funny. big meditation. Mace is right that we usually end this by all blowing out the candles together. So maybe we'll do that now. Candle blowing out noises. And then ASMR. ASMR. No, there's some ASMR rights. Okay. Thank you.